You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode 29. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world, and we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode 29. Bente Today we are coming to you from Orange, Texas at St. Mary's Catholic Church here, and we have a special guest along for the ride today that I'm personally really excited about. Um, Craig has told me a lot about, and I just had the pleasure of meeting, but I'm going to throw it over to Craig to introduce them since they have known each other, good friends for quite some time. Craig, we'll give you the honor, buddy. Hey everybody, uh, really exciting today. We have a, a really awesome special guest. Um, today we have Father Jim Sitchko, and um, in short order you will, you will hear from someone who just has an amazing story, an amazing uh, a mission and purpose. Uh, God definitely put him on this earth to do some amazing things, which he is doing, and uh, we're so excited to have him. Uh, just kind of a little background before we let Father Jim introduce himself. You know, Father Jim's a, is a full-time uh, preacher, evangelist, and motivational speaker uh, based in the Diocese of Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, in February of 2016, Pope Francis commissioned Father Jim as one of his papal missionaries of mercy, of which there's only a thousand in the world and a hundred in the United States. And Father Jim uses uh, real-life experiences and stories uh, uh, and ties those experiences into the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And he has presentations that he gives all over the country. He's got an extremely busy schedule. Uh, he gives a, a popular presentation called 60 Minutes for Jesus. And it is, if you've ever been to his talks or t- visited with somebody who's been to one, uh, you will never forget it. Uh, he's also an amazing singer. He's classically trained. So we can't wait uh to to talk to him more i've got some more stories about how i met him but uh father jim welcome to who's oh, driving Greg, your car matthew thank you so much so happy to have you on board <laughs> yeah. my man well, i'm kind of embarrassed after that long intro you know <laughs> can i live up to that well through grace of god we can all live up to that which we're called to do absolutely father jim so you're from orange texas and as they call it the fruit the fruit the <laughs> yes, fruit the fruit the fruit and uh that you, you frequently reference the fruit and you're really I mean, that's, this is where you're from, but you live in Lexington, Kentucky, and I've really, I've, every time I check on you, you're all over the world. So right. how do I'm you... only in Lexington one day a week, to <laughs> be honest day. with you. That's wild. I, I come in on a Thursday afternoon, and I go out on a Saturday morning. God, unbelievable. Yes. So that's awesome. even with all the COVID, this is the longest I've ever been at a, my house, ever, in the last five years. I'll be darned. So this is my fifth year uh, being a, a missionary for Pope Francis and a full-time evangelist. And so it, it, it was kind of different for me just to be at home uh, for weeks at a time. I'm sitting here going, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, <laughs> literally my suitcases are all in order because when I come in, I drop one suitcase off and I pick up another suitcase and I go out and the one suitcase goes to the cleaners while 
I'm with the other suitcase. That's, wow, so, that's pretty yes. smart. <laughs> yes, well, you know, it kind of helps because if you're only in one place for 24 hours and you're then going to be gone for five days, you know, you have to plan ahead, so to speak. Makes sense. No yeah. doubt. Father, can you explain yeah. to the listeners a little bit about what being um, the papal ministry, missionary is yeah. and so they can get an idea of what you're doing and how you wound up in Kentucky a little bit? Or maybe bit how that all started. Yeah, yeah sure. So, um, well, okay. So I'll say this. It's very interesting that we are here in this meeting room at St. Mary. Okay. The meeting room that we are in used to be the convent. Okay. Wow. This used to house this structure used to house at least maybe 25 to 30 nuns wow okay these sisters who were dominican sisters taught me in fact the church right across the street is where i celebrated my first communion the church across the street is where i learned how to behave in church and to pray. Uh, we always sat in the first pew with my family and I would fall asleep during the homilies. You know, I'm just being honest, you know, I could name all of the priests that have been here. And it's right across the street where I also had my first, uh, I went to school, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. I was trained in the faith. So this is a very interesting that, you know, I'm back here talking about faith. Okay, so this is where the seed was planted, the mustard seed. No doubt. You know, and it was nurtured by holy men and women who walked on these grounds. So for me, this is holy ground. Wow. You know, so I then um, really felt called to become a priest. I can remember in third grade in that classroom over there, Sister Josephina asked each and every one of us, put us in a circle and asked us what we wanted to be when we grew up. And when she got to me, I said, I wanted to be Pope. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and people Shoot, laugh, really, like people it. laugh, and I'm still in the running. You know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, I still am. So, um, but it, it, it's interesting just to see, you know, so I always felt called to be a priest. You can be feel you can feel called mm -hmm. to do a lot of things, and sometimes those tasks seem very impossible. Sometimes they seem very um, easy, but in all of our calling, we have difficulties and struggles. So I decided to uh, pursue my singing, and was accepted to some exceptional schools, and uh, my singing career uh, began and. But in the deep recesses of my heart, it just wasn't right. No, you know, no. something was missing. And I knew what that was. It was the call to priesthood. And so I, I made the application to be a priest in this diocese, Diocese of Beaumont. I was accepted. Went to seminary. Everything was great. Uh, my actual mentor for priesthood was the bishop of this diocese, uh, former bishop. I think he was the third bishop of Beaumont who was uh, Bishop uh, Bernard Ganter. Wow. Amazing pastoral shepherd. In fact, his motto was in corde Jesu, which is a Latin for in the heart of Jesus or with the heart of Jesus, oh, very cool. you know? And, um, but then Bishop Ganter died. He died. Huh. And two months later, I was told that I was not needed for this diocese. Just like that. 
And and people go, well, there's no way that can happen. Well, it, it happens all the time in every life of work. Mm-hmm. That's true. New yeah, administrators sure. come in, yeah. new administrations, uh, new bosses. Uh, we can see it happening right now in COVID. <laughs> yeah. uh, various things happen. Mm-hmm. And it shook my world. It shook my world. But I knew that... It, there was nothing morally or ethically that I had done that would ever stop me because I wasn't removed from the seminary. I was removed from the diocese. You see, there's a difference. Uh, The diocese supports the seminary. Yeah. You see, Mm -hmm. so the diocese feeds the money to the seminary. That's how they, they make their living. It's a, it's a, Mm -hmm. that's how it happens. Okay. And so, um, but I knew I was called. And um, what I did was, this is no joke, I was so depressed and so upset about what happened to me and so embarrassed sure. and so humbled. I mean, I was on empty, yeah. literally, okay, mm-hmm. um, that I started going to adoration. My That's mom and dad, my awesome. mom and dad were... Yeah big time Eucharistic adoration. They would go between three and 4 a.m. Oh, wow. Okay? Wow. Not an easy time. That's a hard time to commit to. But an important time. Yeah, sure. So I just started going to adoration at all hours. In fact, I was going to adoration here at St. Mary's. I was going to adoration in a chapel in Vinton, Louisiana, I believe there was one there. I believe there was. Vinton or Sulphur. One of them had it. Okay, I, I know that. And, um, I took, there is a big book called The Catholic Directory. If anyone has ever worked in a church office, they know exactly what that book is. It has all of the dioceses and all of the priests of the United States in it. Okay, it is a big old thing. It's like a mechanic book. (laughs) It's like the official guide. That's right. Yeah, okay. So you know what I did? I went diocese by diocese and i looked only at the bishop's mottos okay so each bishop takes a motto sure okay and i came across this one motto that said um act justly love tenderly micah from from the scripture of micah and walk humbly and i said that's where I'm called to go. I found out that it was one of the poorest dioceses in the United States. It incorporates the Appalachia Mountains. 75% of the people they serve uh, are below the poverty line. Wow. Less than 3% Catholic in the diocese. Wow. So I wrote the bishop and I said, this is who I am. To show you who I am, I will come and volunteer working there for two years and let you see me and I see you, but I am called to be a priest. And that bishop said, come and see. Wow. And I did. That's awesome. And after one year, they said, we want you. So let's fast forward. I got ordained May 23rd, 1998, 22 years ago. God, yeah. And since that day, 
I have been back many times to this diocese to preach, to celebrate Mass, to do random acts of kindness, to do an amazing podcast. I mean, I'm just flicking <laughs> off all of the things. God provides. Absolutely. Okay, God Absolutely. provides. So, I mean, four years ago, in the cathedral I was to be ordained a priest in for the Diocese of Beaumont, I presented 60 Minutes for Jesus <laughs> with the current bishop in attendance and a standing room only crowd. What is it? God provides. It's God's will, not our will. No doubt. You know, no and doubt. we have to constantly remember that. You know, we, one of the greatest difficulties for the United States right now with this COVID that's mm -hmm. happening is this. We don't like to be out of control. We don't like people telling us what yeah, to yeah. do. That's you true. see, we don't. So right. control is difficult. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But what's very interesting is we have no time. We have no trouble praying it every day in the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. right? right. We say not my will be done, but your will be done. But boy, we have trouble <laughs> Commit to that. committing to that yeah, so or really receiving that. Doing it. Yes, that's yeah, right. I can say a lot of things. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. I can. You. That's why I'm always embarrassed when people read off that, you know, intro, that bio, because you can say it now. I have to live it. Yeah, you see. So yeah. I hope no one's there snoozing right now because <laughs> because you know I hope you're being empowered and energized because you can say a lot of things. That's not what's going to get you to heaven. It's interesting, Father Jim. Whenever I find myself at the lowest low or my tank is empty, like you're related to, yeah. it's always when I'm trying to address my problems with my will, like yes. the way I think I need to do it. And you right. spoke, I mean, that was awesome. Adoration, you, you got to go to God and let him speak to you. That's right. And you have to make the time, yes. you know, see, I don't make the, what happens, uh, everyone who, who sees me on social media knows that I'm running around a lot, always going from one place to another. And I'll sit there and I'll see my gaslight on empty, you know, <laughs> and, and how many warnings does the car have to give me? Okay, it shows that it's empty. It lights up a little gas tank. You know, <laughs> it even says how many more miles I have to get to empty. And what do I do? Do I? No, I don't go and get gas. I keep saying, oh, I think I can go a little bit more. <laughs> Just a little oh, bit. Oh, I think I can go a little bit more. Oh, I, and then what happens? I, I run out of gas. I get frustrated. And the Lord says to me, how many times do I have to tell you? Right. Yeah, I've given you every message, but unless you listen to it and unless you put it into practice, yes. And I yeah. think it's really cool, Father. Um, we've talked a lot about on the podcast persevering to things, committing to things. What about the part of your journey where you you did you had a singing career? Yes, and then you take a hard right, and go down a different path. We've talked about that a lot in life, not being stagnant, persevering, um, bettering yourself, or going through what you think your calling is. What was that like for you to just take a hard right? Well, what was, what was very mm -hmm. interesting was, I'll never forget the day, I was performing with the Boston Pops Orchestra, and I was at, uh, in the middle of a rehearsal, and it was called an open-air rehearsal, which means um, people could come and attend free of charge, but it, 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 it was a rehearsal, which means it wasn't a performance. Correct. Start, yes. stop, start, stop. And my music instructor, my vocal coach, 
um, was in the audience. And she was about third row, and she was dressed all immaculate. And one of the things my vocal coach always did when you made a mistake or weren't sounding up to par is she would grab her pearls. That was kind of like a signal. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And she did it unconsciously. She didn't mean uh. to, you know, throw the the performer <laughs> off. And so I'm I'm looking, and there she is. She's grabbing her pearls, and I'm like, oh no, I, you know, I must be really not sounding well. And she got up from her seat. She went to the stage door. She walked onto the stage. Maestro John Williams, you know, the conductor of the Boston yeah. Pops, the composer of Superman, Jaws, Star Wars, yes, all of that. Yes, yeah. that's awesome. She stopped him. And in front of 10,000 people, she called me over. And I was mic'd so people could hear. Oh, wow. And she said to me, and she talked like, she was, honey, honey. And I said, what? She said, honey, what's wrong? And I said, what do you mean, what's wrong? She said, honey, you sound like crap. And I said, <laughs> well, I don't want to do this. And she said, well, honey, what do you want to do? Do you want to do some Broadway? Do you want to do... I said, no, 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 no. I don't want to perform. I want to go and be a preacher. I want to preach the Word of God. I want to be a Catholic priest. And she looked at me and she said, well, honey, go do it and stop wasting my time. <laughs> and she walked off the stage and I never saw her again. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. She yeah. provided me the freedom. Sure. Yeah. The avenue. She released the chains and the bonds and said, go fly. Wow. You see? And I think that we have to realize something. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You well see? Said. Yeah. So in other words, we change every minute of our day. Whether we choose to grow from that is another point. Sure. So, wow. so all in our lives, we, we are constantly in the midst of change. But if we look at that change as a burden, then we're never going to be able to grow, really. We're, yeah. we're going to be so caught up in that messiness that you know, we have to be able to move and grow and learn and and build and it takes time mm. we're, we're we're very i know i am very impatient right i think i'm gonna have some yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in order to be patient with anyone else you have to learn to be patient with yourself it's an inward out process wow you know mm -hmm. and, and 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 through all of that you also have to learn and trust you have to be able to trust god our father and the way you trust is, you know, you, you spend time with God, you form that relationship, you have an understanding of how God works, you surrender yourself, you let go, and then you just try, you make the effort. You I know? love that. Yeah. Um, myself, personally, Craig and I, Craig's one of my dear friends, yeah. Father, and we've had some deep conversations on this, and I think that's something that I'm learning in a little bit of my older age here. To, to try Older to age. How old are you, brother? 33. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have 20 years <laughs> on you. Okay. So right now, I'm feeling the old. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm in the middle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I always talk about, man, it's so hard to let go or to, because I'm a person, I, I bebop around a lot. I'm yeah. a lawyer, I own a restaurant. Um, we have the podcast. I'm kind of like Craig. He has multiple yeah. ventures out there in the world. We have a lot of similarities on that. And I find it hard to, to take the time sometimes to stop and listen. 
and to develop that relationship with God. Because in my head, when I try to figure it out, I'm like, what is God's will? And I can't necessarily figure it out, but it's weird when you stop and spend the time like going to adoration like you were mentioning or just delve in a little bit. You don't realize it, but over time you're developing, watering that relationship with the Lord and hearing things when you don't, you're not specifically like, where is it, God? Right. Like, it just happens. That's right. Very rarely, very rarely are there for me lightning bolt moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, or the angel coming down and presenting to me, okay? So, but what does happen is that I have experiences that I encounter in my life, and then I say, where was God in that? Mm. Okay, so in other words, people always say to me, Father Jim, or they'll write my bishop. That's another thing, though. They'll write my bishop and say, Father Jim said this happened to him. And my bishop will go, yep. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't surprise me one bit if you knew Father Jim. Yeah. The thing is, these experiences happen to everyone. The question is, does everyone take the time to research it, to dissect it, just like the parables in Scripture? You see, yeah. Jesus always taught through stories. Think about it. If you open up your scripture, and I always tell people, you know, if your Bible is in good shape, you aren't. (laughs) You know, you got to open up your scripture, and all throughout the Gospels, there's amazing stories. Jesus, after he shares these stories, doesn't sit and explain the reasons behind them. Mm -hmm. He leaves those stories into the minds of the people to try to figure out now what what did that have to do? What 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 is the point of that? You know, yeah. just I just flew in from Nevada yesterday. So I'm on this plane, and I'm sitting next to this, I, I think she was like seven years old girl, okay? And any of you that have ever flown out west or have ever flown, um, a lot of times, especially out west in the flatlands or with her, where there are mountains, the train... There's something that they'll call clear air turbulence. It's it's turbulence that is caused um, from air pushing up. It's not because of the clouds or, or okay. this or that. So turbulence can come out in the middle of nowhere. nowhere yeah, right. Sure. So we started to hit this turbulence that was awful. You know, and here I am in my collar dressed as a priest and I'm trying, I'm a pretty avid traveler, so I don't freak out. Been there, done that. (laughs) But I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, this is getting bad. This is really getting bad. But I noticed that the seven-year-old girl was just unfazed by it. You know, unfazed. Just playing this little game, unfazed by the turbulence <laughs> you know and i'm trying to hold myself together yeah. you know and i'm the seasoned traveler <laughs> so i just kind of looked at her and i said you know um is this bothering you at all she said no no and i'm like okay That's... i said you're not you're not this doesn't make you nervous and she said nope and she said you know why and I'm like, you know, why? She said, because my dad's the pilot. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's Her awesome. dad is the pilot for Delta. Unbelievable. Wow. But I just sat with that for a moment and said, 
Look at that trust that that girl put into her dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why didn't I have that same trust put in with God the Father? Yes. That regardless of what would come about, I'm a child of his, and all will be well, even if it doesn't turn out as I had hoped. Right? Yes. You see? That's when that girl exhibited to me the true meaning of trust and faith. That's amazing. You see? Yeah. Really neat. And, 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 and these are the lessons that, that God provides us every day, but we have to be willing and we have to be open to, to learning from them. You know, Father Jim, in your own life, you talk about you know having changes and being open and having the courage to listen to God. I got to assume you started as a parish priest, but at some point you, that I changed. Did. So yep. how did that so whole thing happen? That's another interesting thing. So I did start as a parish priest because that's what most diocesan priests do. Okay. I won't say I was the best, dio- uh, best parish priest. I wasn't the worst parish priest. It was a major learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it really was. My first assignment as a priest and the only priest in a parish was with a parish that just had like a $4 million debt. It had a school, it had a Hispanic community, and a college ministry. Wow. Wow. Plus a growing church family. So we went from like 400 families to about seven to 800 families. Cool. Okay. I had never, ever been... I mean, if I wanted to be a business person, I would have gone to be a business major. Right. I was, I went to be a priest, yes. you know, so it was a major learning curve. I ended up being there for 12 years. Wow. In the midst of that, in the midst of the 11th year is when I got a call from Pope Francis. And that is so he, cool. Yeah. And yeah. he informed me for the year of mercy he had informed me that I had been named a papal missionary of mercy, of which there are, uh, you know, a hundred in the United States, a thousand in the world uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was for a year only. Okay. So my bishop, who is a very young bishop, only 49 years old at the time, a Franciscan, very into community into the franciscan spirituality into recognizing that every person has their gifts mm-hmm. and we should we should build upon those gifts um the bishop said well your time is coming to an end at saint mark i mean you served two six-year six terms yes. what about your preaching you know you you seem to be asked a lot to speak around different places around the country and the world. How about, would you feel comfortable in being a full-time evangelist for the diocese? Now, that is something very, very rare. Yeah, I've never um, it, It's what, what Pope Francis would call the new evangelization. Mm. In other words, taking someone out of full-time parish ministry, Mm -hmm. putting them into a specific ministry, and hope that that those gifts and that word will come back to assist the diocese Ah. and the global church. Sure. 
So when he asked me that, I said, I'll do it. I mean, he was like, well, don't you want to pray about it? I said, no, I'll do it. But I immediately said, without even thinking, I said, Bishop, if you allow me to be a full-time evangelist, I will raise my own salary, my own living expense, my own insurance within the guidelines of the diocese. I will not take anything from the diocese. And if I should raise anything extra, I will give back directly to the diocese. Very okay. Wow. So in other words, doing exactly what a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters have done, a lot of what the Mormon missionaries have done, um, what the scripture says, you take a tunic, you know, and, and, and a traveling bag and off you go. And that's what I did. And my first year, I raised all the salary, the living expense, insurance, and an extra $50,000 was given back to the diocese. Wow. Wow. Then it increased to over, I think now I've reached over $200,000 giving back wow. to the diocese. That's now awesome. I'm starting my fifth year. And, uh, you know, this year has me going to, uh, God willing, Australia. It has me going to Singapore. It has me going to Vietnam. Um, it has me going to Rome, uh, even with COVID and all of Good this. Lord, so, how how do you how is you're saying it has you going? How do you determine where you're going? Or how I does don't. That <laughs> That's what's very interesting. It's all by word of mouth. Word of mouth. Never ever have I ever publicized and said, "Can you can I please come to your church and preach?" Unbelievable. It's all by word of mouth. And when one door closes, another door opens. The same thing happens, is still happening. So let's say I'm supposed to go and preach in a diocese somewhere and they get a new pastor. And the pastor says, well, I don't want this person coming to preach. I don't know him. I'm new here. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. He can say, sorry, that's happened. Mm -hmm. What frees up that weekend? Another church calls and says, you know what? I see on your website that you're open that weekend. Can Sure. Wow. Wow. So I, I, maybe a dumb yeah. question here, yeah, but no. I, I'm very fascinated by this situation because yeah. getting out, ministering, yeah. spreading the word. Um, when you got started and you were like, I'm going to take my bag, I'm going to get going. How did you know where to go then? Well, okay. So what happened is I already had some speaking engagements okay. on the books. And so in the meantime, the bishop would say, why don't you come and preach at this event? Or why don't you go preach here? You know, okay. and what happens is, is by word of mouth, people start hearing, people start, because I have no promotional materials whatsoever. That is incredible. Okay. Yeah. So if you go on the website right now, if you go on fatherfrjims.com, you will see that I'm booked out to 2023. Okay. That is but, but I feel again, honored we got you sitting here with us right now. What I'm saying is, again, <laughs> when those invitations stop coming, mm -hmm. then it's time that the Lord is leading me into something else. And that will be determined through God's prayer, through the grace of God, because God's grace is always sufficient through the bishop. You know, tomorrow, my bishop could be moved or die, God forbid, right. yeah. and a new bishop could come in and say, you know what? 
Uh, last time I checked, we only have 33 priests in this diocese. We have 64 parishes. Mm. Uh, you do the math. Yeah. Um, yeah. You need to stay here. Mm -hmm. Now, my papal appointment uh, is my papal mandate as a missionary of mercy um, is is now um, how do I say is indefinite, and it could only take another pope or the current pope to remove that. Wow. Okay, but that does not mean that my bishop could not call me back okay. to do other ministry. I would still be a papal missionary. That's amazing. Father Jim, yeah, it's crazy. when I look at your photos uh, on your Facebook page, it's amazing. Yeah, I see a lot of um, congregations standing room only at his oh, talks. Yeah. If you're ever are lucky time. enough, you have to go hear him. But also what really touches me and what I, we all see a lot is these random acts of yes. kindness. That's something that you're really well known for. Right. I've seen that, you know, whether it's helping a family uh, with funeral costs due to losing loved ones or um, those that have had medical bills to, uh, they couldn't um, shoulder, people have lost their jobs, um, really taking care of the people that serve you in restaurants and the right. airline industry and, and Christmas gifts. I mean, right. weather how, events. How do, I mean, that's amazing. It's yeah. almost like Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, that, that ministry you do and like the lives they've touched. What kind of got you started on, how did that all evolve? Well, I, I thought um, very much as a missionary of mercy, I felt that it was very important to find creative ways to kind of make mercy tangible. And I just started going into following my heart. So I'm a very spontaneous individual. Yeah. And, and that can be very frightening for people because uh, people are kind of leery of spontaneity. Okay, yeah. uh, and so out of the box too. And so I have always lived on the tradition of giving and receiving. Mm -hmm. You know, what's very interesting is everything we have is not ours. Right. Word. Everything yeah. we have is God's. You see, that's the difference between ownership and stewardship. See, ownership says... Everything I have, my practice, my priesthood, my car, my house, is mine. Mm -hmm. And I choose what to do with it. Okay, that's ownership. Right. Stewardship says that everything I have is to give glory to God. And everything I have is a gift from God, and it totally goes back to God. Yeah. It's very freeing. That's awesome. Okay, and you learn that when you give in that aspect, God gives back a thousandfold in various ways. Wow. I got to hop in here on yep. this for a second, Father. I feel like Craig, one of the first things Craig taught me, I always look up to my dear yeah. brother Craig over here, <laughs> was that you remember the conversation I think we had early in the podcast. So. He would say, man, I found in my medical world and in life, the more I give, the more I receive and like yeah. coming from yeah. a good place. You remember that? Yeah, you know, I do. And it's, I would heard someone say one time, you know, we talk about tithing. If you're talking right. to your parish, I guess the unwritten rule is this 10%, right. but we right. hopefully can do more. But somebody one time said, you know, like you said, God gave you all of these amazing gifts. He's allowing you to keep 90% of it. I mean, like he's not, like you said, it's not yours. It's he's gifted it to you. Right. So he just wants you to share it. And it's just, um, and, and so, you know, I, I do get a bad rap a lot. There's always haters anywhere you go. 
and people will say, you know, well, why, why are you on the news about this? Or why doesn't the scripture say, you know, uh, you should keep this quiet? Uh, you know, you should, what you do in public, you should do in secret in your father's room. Well, first of all, first of all, the way I answer that is don't take scripture out of context to fit an argument. Okay, mm -hmm. you have to know what that scripture is saying. That scripture that people point to all the times about uh, keeping things quiet is the whole aspect behind that scripture is what is your intent in your giving? Yes. If your intent in your giving is to draw a uh, attention to you, that is the wrong reason. No doubt. Okay, yes. so you in 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 looking at how whether something is sinful or not, you always go to the intent. What was my intent? Okay, so that's number one. The second thing that I always tell people is, tell me a place where Jesus did anything in secret. Where did he ever heal anyone in secret? Never. Mm -hmm. He always healed people with other people around. Why? because he used it as an amazing lesson of evangelization. Yeah, absolutely. Even when he told the people yeah. to be quiet, he knew what they were going to do. You cannot contain the joy of Jesus. Absolutely. Word to that. You can't. Okay, so, you know, I use these random acts of kindnesses, to be honest with you, as modern-day evangelizing. Mm -hmm. people begin to ask the question yes how does yeah. he do that <laughs> or people begin to ask the question if he can do that why can't i do that sure yeah and people begin to ask question was well if he can pay for the person in behind him so can i yes you know and that's what you start learning to do yeah and the other thing is you trust your heart so very rarely do i give to those who ask, but I follow my heart into where I'm giving. So like just recently I was filling up when I got in from the airport at the Shell station. So there was this person that came and drove in in a pickup truck and there was my heart saying, pay for their gas, pay for their gas. I'm like, no, not today, please, don't <laughs> not today. I'm tired, I just got off an airplane. I was pay for their gas. So I went around and there was this woman. She was like, what are you doing? I said, I'm paying for your gas. Who are you? It doesn't matter who I am. <laughs> Today I'm paying your gas. She broke out crying. She said in all her years of having that beat up truck that she has, never ever has it ever been filled to the full. Wow. Oh, wow. She was never able to afford that. Oh, it's amazing. You know, just in that little moment, that whole aspect of that generosity allowed her heart to be graced by God. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to, you know what? What's very interesting, I didn't have to go out and pull the catechism. I didn't have to pull out my scripture. I didn't have to teach her the commandments. She learned it through the action. Sure. That's awesome. You see? You it's know, awesome. something I want to hit on, Father, I like to, to say in my little world, if you snap your sing finger, that's one second gone, you can never right. get back, one second closer to eternity. And sitting here listening to you, I've heard you mention you trust your heart a lot, uh -huh. you listen to the Lord a lot, you're spontaneous a lot. Um, 
has that always been something that you've been very open to just different things and new experiences? Cause I, I personally look up to it. I'm like, man, this guy's living. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I have, but also over time it's enhanced, right? You know, yeah. it just didn't start like that. You, you begin to, it's like no other gift. I mean, it, it it's like what, what I'm trying to say is, is when you first get out of school, you don't immediately, you think you know it all, but you don't. Right, mm -hmm. that's for sure. And you begin to learn. And how do you learn? By falling, by picking yourself up, by trying, by recognizing, by learning, and you build upon it. Sure. Yeah. You know, you build upon. You also have to learn to get out of your comfort zone. If you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to be call yourself a Catholic, then you're going to have to get out of the boat. Mm -hmm. Period. Absolutely. You yeah. know, it's very interesting. That's good. How many people were in the boat when Peter was walking on water? There were twelve total. Mm -hmm. Peter got out. There's now eleven. Peter had an amazing encounter with Jesus. And he's the only one who was able to say he walked on water. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And where were the other 11? Sitting in the boat, in the boat, not wanting to get out of their comfort zone. If I had been in that boat and saw exactly what would happen, I would have jumped out of that boat. I would have pushed <laughs> Peter down, yeah. and I would have clung to Jesus. <laughs> but but here's the thing, you know, you have to get out of the boat. How many of us sit in the same seat at church? Yes. How many of us go to the same mass and do the same prayers and recite the same thing, and the majority, sadly, don't even know why they're doing what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You see? So in other words, I sit and tell people in church, you know, what are you doing here? And why are you here? I mean, you, you really, those aren't, those aren't negative questions to ask. Those are great prayerful questions to ask. Why am I coming back here? What is it? You know, and if I hear another person say, oh, well, I really don't get fed at that church. Yeah. Are you, are you willing to take the food? Right. Yeah. Are you willing to help make the sandwich? You know, wake up. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting hearing you talk. It's, we, we see your, uh, your journeys on Facebook and a lot of, a lot of us have time and talent and treasures and different ways of giving it. Um, whether it's our service in our career or with our families, but we tend to, hoard that little gift with the person that's directly across from us without looking beyond that wall and sharing it with everyone. Because, you know, for example, the podcast, Matt's talking one day is like, Hey, we, people need to hear this. And it can be more than just a, a lunch conversation. You can spread it to a lot of people. And in your case, you can hear a confession. You can, you can preach to your congregation, but you looked beyond that and spreading that love and the time and the talent and the treasure all over the country. I think more people need to, I mean, it's an inspiration for people to kind of look at what God gave them as a gift and how can they give it to others in, in any form or fashion, whether it is through media or through service or just really, really putting themselves out there. Because it seems like in your case, and I know in ours as well, the joy that comes from doing that yeah, is sure. overwhelming. It is. It's, <laughs> and it's an amazing feeling, you know, and, and it, you know, the whole aspect, I've said it over and over and over, the joy of Jesus can't be contained. 
It's good. You, you can't contain that. Some I mean, fly happenings right there. Yeah. <laughs> fly happenings. Yeah, yeah that's you have right. To be able. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a, a for instance. You never know who's watching. Okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah. so for instance, so I'm in an airport, and sitting across from me, in the same gate. I'm dressed in lay clothes, okay? And I do that for certain reasons, mm -hmm. okay? But I, I'm sitting in lay clothes, and across from me comes this young priest. He's in a cassock. He has his collar on. He opens up his prayer book. And in my mind, I'm like, there's a brother priest. Do you mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? He's my brother. Yeah. Not only brother Christian, but we share in the same fraternity, brother, yeah. uh, brotherhood of holy orders. So I looked up and I said, Hey, Father, and he went, Shh, I'm saying my prayers. Just like that to me. Huh. Wow. And I just was like, Whoa. So it was time to board the airplane. And he was on the same airplane as me. And as we were going down the jetway, there was someone in front of me that saw that encounter, a stranger, I didn't even know who it was. And he turned around to me and he said, boy, that priest wasn't a model of Christ, now was he? And I said, I don't know, but I am. <laughs> and he said, but you're not a priest. <laughs> wow. And I said, but yes, I am. Wow. I'm a priest of Jesus Christ by the order of Melchizedek. And he said, you are? I said, yeah. We never know who's watching. No yeah, doubt. yeah. You never know who's watching, and you don't know how your life can be a vessel in helping another. Think about this. How many times do we go to church? We see familiar faces, but we also see a stranger. Mm -hmm. What? How long does it take just to go and say, hi, I'm Craig. Hi, you know, welcome. Yeah. I'm a member here. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know who you are, <laughs> you know? We're glad to have you. I just yeah. wanted to make sure you feel welcomed. Sure. You know, I mean, that's an important aspect of ministry is being the presence of Christ. Think about mm -hmm. it. We receive Christ in the Word, yes. Yes. We receive Christ in the Eucharist, yes. We receive Christ through one another because we've just received Jesus in the Eucharist. He, he just doesn't leave us. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? We're given a blessing and we're sent forth. Mm -hmm. You see, we're sent forth. We're sent forth to do what? We're sent forth to be Christ to the world. We're sent forth to bring Christ to the world. Do we fail at that? Of course we do, because we're human. <laughs> okay, that's not the cop-out. That's the recogn recognition that we fail, and that's why we need the sacrament. And that's why the Lord picks us up and moves us in advance. That's awesome. Uh, Father Jim, uh, you know, I had the blessing of getting to know your, your mom. Oh, you did. Yes, right. yes, yes, she was awesome. I was able to know her and um, uh, just a beautiful lady. And I, what I always remember was uh, when I'd walk in a room, she just had this smile. It was, it was like a glow, like a presence. Right. It, it had an energy to it that was, um, it was just amazing. And I know that y'all were very close. And I know her... It, she had an Italian. She was an Italian? She was Italian. She yeah. was Italian and an Italian cook. I know yes. she cooked real well. She did. And I know that since she's passed in, in her honor and memory, you have taken her recipe for right. spaghetti sauce. Well, it, What's it's the a, story there? Yeah, the story is very interesting because when I was a little boy, 
the first thing I think that I ever remember of my mother, and I had to be four years old, was always on Tuesday, not Sunday, but Tuesday, my mother would be out in the kitchen making sauce, rolling pasta dough, making homemade pasta, putting chicken in the oven. This is like at 10 in the morning. <laughs> wow. Okay? And the dining room table would be set with four place settings of the best crystal, the best china, cloth napkins, wow. silver. And at 11 a.m. every Tuesday, there would be this loud honk. I mean, out of the blue. I mean, this loud horn. <laughs> and like two minutes later, in through the front door, the door was unlocked, in through the front door would come four huge, stinky, smelly garbage men. Huh. Okay. Okay. And they would walk to our dining room table and my mother would feed them. That is incredible. Wow. And she would feed them every Tuesday. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I think we're the only family in the universe that had to plan vacations, anything around Tuesday. Wow. We never, she never missed a Tuesday. Wow. On January 23rd, nine, no, 2000, and I want to say 18, at 88 years old, Tuesday, I happened to be in town. My mother was making her sauce. I even have the, my mother was making sauce and she was getting everything in order. And uh, in comes the door, the garbage men. The, I'm showing the guys that a picture. Wow, yeah, that's a amazing. What a story. Of ever, the two garbage men. Yeah. You ever seen the picture okay. right now? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Came in, they ate. I took a selfie with them. I helped my mom clean up. She went back to lay down and she died. Unbelievable. Wow. My mother, uh, in her will, there are five of us. I'm the youngest of five. Okay. Mm -hmm. My mother, being very prudent and very smart, gave each child one thing in the will. Everything else was to go to charity and helping others in need. Wow. We only got one thing. Oh, that's something. Okay. I got her sauce recipe. <laughs> that's what I got. That's, that's amazing. Like and there. so I said, um, <laughs> I mean, my brothers and sisters don't have it. They ain't getting it. Okay. I have it. <laughs> that's yours. And so through my connections with friends, uh, chef friends, yes, I was able, I had the recipe. I decided to bottle it for friends of mine. And my chef friend said, um, how many bottles are you thinking of making? And I said, well, I'll make about 50 for my mom's friends. They said, no, you're going to make about 4,000 of these. I Whoa. said, well, <laughs> we're going to make 4,000 of them. Uh, that means we're going to sell them. And if we're going to sell them, then I'm going to insist that the money be separated into two things. One, to Southeast Texas Hospice which was the first of the first of 10 hospices founded in the United States, the first hospice founded in Texas. Wow. It was founded by a priest and a laywoman in Orange, Texas. We're in their boardroom right now. No kidding. Oh, wow. Their offices are right above us. How cool. That's something. And the other half will go feed the poor 
for the Diocese of Lexington. That was two years ago. In two years, we have already sold over 50,000 bottles. That is incredible. (laughs) It is all across the United States in stores and marketplaces. Over $50,000 has been given to those individuals in those corporations. And people can purchase it online at MissMarieSpaghettiSauce.net. Some of the Kroger's have it. Uh, Costco is thinking of running it. I mean, all of these places carry it. And um, it's it's hit the roof. And so that's how it is. I've got it's amazing. Yeah, and it's it's all natural. Yeah. And it's, you know, all natural. It's all made uh, in Kentucky. It's bottled there. And it's just unbelievable. I'm going to have to try some of this out at Craig's house one day. Yes. 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 I'll send you all. It's awesome. There you go. It is awesome. awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, and so and it's kind of weird. We're in the place where uh, the proceeds go to. It's yeah. all circled back to this yeah, location. Yeah, that's, that's, right. so that's, that's right. Providing. I love it. That's right. <laughs> okay, Father, we're going to spin our way into our um, little segment we have. Every time we bring on a guest, we like to ask this question. And the question is, who or what do you think is driving your car? And that could be anything from God, free will, your health, the pandemic, um, what you enjoy doing in life, your family, could be anything, brothers and sisters. What do you think is driving, or who do you think is driving your car? Well, it, it definitely has to be a toss between, I'm going to ask for two cars. Okay. <laughs> you have a two-car garage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> One, uh, it really is prayer. You know, okay. you, ha- you have to, in, in order mm. to fuel your car, you have to have prayer, you mm. know, and prayer has to be the the center of our lives. Uh, in other words, with the Eucharist, you know, the prayer is that communication with God. And we have to make time every day for prayer. You know, you yeah. have to. And I think with that comes the whole aspect of the second half is the Holy Spirit. Mm, you know, yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting that throughout Scripture, the Holy Spirit makes not one, says not one word, but yet does amazing things. No doubt. You know? That's awesome. And so there's no way you can be in tuned with the Holy Spirit if you're not in tuned with prayer. You know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that's what drives drives my car. That is awesome. Some new, that's uh, great. I love another it. Another new way. We get yeah. something new every time. Yeah. Um, well, look, Father, we thank you for being on with sure. us. Sure, man. No, hey, I'm grateful been, to be here. It's been amazing. And if anybody out there wants to follow Father Jim, I see you're on Facebook. Facebook, Facebook Twitter, Twitter uh, Instagram, Instagram, yes. uh, Miss Marie's spaghetti sauce.net or frjims.com. You can also yeah. check out your book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Father, yeah. So, Father Jim's got a book Among Friends Among- Stories on the Journey. Yeah. And it's on Amazon. That is. And, and it's, it's on your at, website. It's on the website. It's at Barnes and Noble. It's everywhere. Yeah. And, and your website, does it also publish uh, it does. where oh. you're going to be doing your talks? Yes. Mm-hmm. So under events. Okay. It has there uh, www.frjims.com. If y'all get a chance to go to his presentation, we highly recommend it. It was entertaining. It's it's just amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. Our third man of the crew, Steve, uh, who's not not alone for the ride with us today. He had to work, but uh, he's been to one of oh, uh, your events too. So I think that's cool and the book i'm just gonna give a shout out i haven't had the chance to read it but i was just reading about it yeah sounds like you have some pretty amazing stories yeah some neat people yeah, you've led what, along the yeah. way that unfortunately we couldn't get into all that today but some pretty fly happenings going on there too is there a way that i can end the podcast with a blessing for the people who are listening that, that would be is that, that great would, let's awesome. do that would be Good. amazing so the lord be with you 
and with, with our spirit. spirit. And may Almighty God's blessings be upon all those who are listening to this podcast, all those who have generated it, and all those who will be touched by it, that they may receive the power of Jesus' love and through the gift of the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Amen. Father Jim. Thank you. We Thank appreciate you, uh, you being on with us. And look, yes. I would challenge you here, just just in listening to this, get out your boat in life. You know, yeah. take get the car the on another get out boat. Of the boat. I like that. I like what you said. And uh, until next time, we'll catch you later. Uh, hey y'all! If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I need. Yeah. If you feel like this your best life, won't you sing with me?